Hello, you are listening to KBOO Community Radio. Uh, today we are talking with Madeline Merritt and Kelly McWilliams from the Oregon Public Banking Alliance. Madeline and Kelly, welcome to KBOO. Thanks for having us. Wonderful to be here. Thanks so much. Um, so we're going to talk today about uh, the Oregon Public Banking Alliance, um, the call for a state bank. Uh, why would we want a state bank and what's going on at the legislature? So um, first, uh, Kelly and Madeline, could you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure, I can go first. My name is Kelly McWilliams, and I am the executive director of a nonprofit called Cultivating Solutions. And we work in the nonpartisan space, uh, specifically focused on uh, rural quality of life issues. <clears throat> and we used to be called the Rural Engagement Project. Um, and so people might be more familiar with us under that name. Uh, we do things like suicide prevention and water quality and have taken up um, working on public banking specifically for the benefits that it will bring to rural Oregon and to the rest of the state. Great, thank you. And uh, Madeline. Yes, hi, my name is Madeline Merritt. She, her pronouns, I live in Portland, Oregon, and I'm the chair of the Oregon Public Banking Alliance. We are working, a statewide coalition, working to bring a public banking solution to the state of Oregon. And our current efforts are focused on bringing about a state financial institution that can better utilize our public dollars and um, basically use our dollars wiser, grow our state monies without raising taxes and get some of our major infrastructure projects through um, on with a better financial deal for the people of Oregon. Thank you. And um, uh, so let's talk about the issue here. It's uh, the, the, the move to try to create a state bank. Um, why, why would there be a move to create a state bank? What is what is a state state bank about, and why is it something that Oregonians should care about? Sure. So, a state bank is essentially a bank that holds the people's money. Um, so, right now in Oregon, what happens is that um, our public dollars, the taxes that we pay through various um, places of input, like our income taxes, our uh, fees that we pay to register our cars, driver's license, all of those, those are held in commercial Wall Street banks that are largely headquartered out of state. And what happens is that as those banks hold public dollars, they use that money that they hold on to as a liquid reserve that they loan against to other entities. And when they create those loans to other entities, they charge interest for the use of that money that they then pocket as their own profit. And they spread that around to um, their C-suite executives and to their shareholders. And what a public bank would do is instead of um, having that money be profit for a Wall Street bank, it would be profit for the people that could be used either to um, fund uh, specific line items in the state budget. It could come uh, 
back as a dividend to the people. It could be used to fund things like um, parks and schools and various other things. It could be used for infrastructure. Um, and so what we are proposing in having a state bank is that we uh, take that money that is already just sitting in a bank and create a state bank with it that then would be allowed to give out loans, much like what a commercial bank would do to municipalities, but give them a lower interest rate and then use the proceeds that come from those loans to uh, reinvest in the needs of the people and the places of Oregon. Thank you. Would you like to add anything to that, Madeline? Well, that was an excellent, um, excellent explanation, Kelly. One thing, you know, I would like to add uh, for folks is, is to think of it as, you know, in our families, when we're building for a retirement, like we use our money in our households to make money all the time. Um, it's very unfortunate that our state monies have been captured by private interest to make money for private entities rather than growing in ways that could benefit the people of, of Oregon, our state, our local small businesses. And we think that should change. And we think it's a, a key way that we can meet the challenges of the 21st century um, by, by reclaiming our public dollars for public good. Thank you. Um, what is the history of the state bank movement within Oregon? Um, so this effort in Oregon goes back about 12 years, and it has moved around inside of different uh, political homes uh, for folks. I know the Working Families Party took it up at one point, and there have been a couple of other orgs that have um, tried to either move a municipal model or to move a state bank. And it's been a topic of conversation that has been growing for as long as I have been involved. Uh, particularly now, we see that um, many, many states are moving towards uh, a state bank model in their conversations around public banking. You have places like Kentucky and Tennessee, as well as places like New York, uh, Pennsylvania, and a slew of other states in addition to California that are working on standing up either municipal banks or public banks because they know that the model will work and be, be profitable for the people. Um, and I should also add that uh, in North Dakota, which is currently the only state that has had a public bank for the last hundred or so years, it's not controversial there. Um, it's not something that they see as uh, interfering with the commercial banking interests. In fact, they do a lot of their banking with local credit unions, and they had the most stable housing economy during the 2008 global financial crisis because they had a state bank. Um, but yeah, does that answer your whole question or was there a little bit more? I think I missed part of it. Um, that was the basics of my question. Did you have anything to add to that, Madeline? You know, there, there's been several efforts at the state level um, to make public banking a reality here in Oregon, and it's been ongoing since 2011. Um, we're really coming together to, to bring those 
you know, address some of the friction points that have prevented um, a state model from being adopted and um, move forward with with a state bank. But I would love to get more into the Bank of North Dakota at some point in this conversation if we have time. Yeah, that would be great. I think that's actually a natural transition point. So let's move into that. So I heard you mention, Kelly, um, in your uh, your previous comments that North Dakota already has a state bank. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, How is that? How is that working? Yeah, so in the North Dakota model, they are focused predominantly on uh, agriculture and innovation within agriculture. So their state bank will um, loan money out to folks who are trying to uh, create innovation within the agricultural sector, which is why you see a lot of uh, ag trademarks and inventions coming out of North Dakota. They have a uh, a dedicated pipeline for that kind of funding. But they also do a few other things like uh, mortgages and um, some student loans and a a little bit of um, other kinds of industry supports. And one of the fabulous things about the Bank of North Dakota is that they have never had a year where they have lost money. In fact, um, they have been consistently profitable over the last hundred years. And I will let Madeline uh, tell you a little bit more about it. Thank you. Yeah, the Bank of North Dakota, I think particularly when we look at the 2008 financial crisis, was incredibly resilient. Um, One of the things I, I like to point to with their model versus Wall Street is when you have a bank that's chartered for the public interest, the financial public interest, they are going to make, you know, they're literally legally obligated to make financial choices that may be a bit conservative, but look after the long-term financial health of the public dollar. Um, In North Dakota, they're actually directly tied to the state general fund and have been a frequent supply of of, um, fast-acting capital in um, in situations of, of natural disasters. And so they really bring about an incredible amount of resilience for the state economy in North Dakota and are quite popular. Um, the institution is quite popular there. One other thing of note is that rather than um, being something that decreases banking um, competition in the state, the state of North Dakota is actually the highest rate of community banks and credit unions in the country per capita. And frequently the bank of North Dakota, since it's not a, it's, it doesn't have any brick and mortar, it's a banker's bank, will run lines of credit in partnership with community banks and credit unions. So it actually creates a really healthy environment um, for small banks and credit unions, which is a similar to the model we would um, propose in our state where we would have a partnership with community banks and credit unions to service uh, folks when we're talking about small small family farm loans and small business loans, et cetera. I'll just go ahead and add to that, that um, 2022 was one of the most successful years on record for the Bank of North Dakota, uh, which is something we're not seeing in other places they reported a profit of nearly $200 million, uh, which is four, four and a half times what they had uh, recorded profit-wise for the year prior. And that is a 
amazing amount of growth for any bank. Um, and it's especially notable given that it's a state bank focused on the public good. So what are the benefits and then what are some of the disadvantages of having a, a state bank? Are there any drawbacks? Um, there are some people who think that there might be drawbacks, uh, but it really depends on the way that you set the bank up and what it is designed to do. Um, and a, a public bank, a state bank, or a municipal bank, uh, depending on what the model is that you're using, should always be run by professional bankers. They should not be run by people who are elected or people who have a political angle to uh, the work that they're doing. <clears throat> and the reason that I say that is because they really do require the professional level of oversight that you see at the Bank of North Dakota. Um, and in addition to that, I think it's important for us to note that uh, the Oregon Public Banking Alliance has not ever said that we should use the money from the profits of uh, a potential state bank for a particular purpose. Uh, we've always left that kind of open-ended um, because we don't feel it's our place to decide what those profits should be used for. And uh, if there are drawbacks, I would say that they probably lie in the place of committing profits to something um, without knowing what those profits might be or having a good understanding of what the future might hold for the state. Uh, my personal preference, speaking just as me and not as the executive director of, of Cultivating Solutions, is that um, I would like to see us uh, turn the money over to the legislature at a certain point. So set a threshold. And whenever we get to that level of profit and we know that the bank is performing um, well, uh, that that amount of profit is then given to the legislature to decide what to do with, whether that be as a personal rebate to people or whether that be to fund childcare or education. Um, and I think that's the most appropriate way to do it specifically because the, the needs of the state will change. If we had had a public bank during COVID that was turning a profit, uh, we would have been able to do things like um, support small businesses or uh, give people um, additional money to pay rent and do other things. And uh, it would be nice for us to be able to be responsive without having a very narrow focus about what that profit might do from the very start. Thank you. Go ahead, Madeline. Yeah, I think another advantage of having a public bank is the visibility that's available um, to the public in terms of how the money is being managed, how it is being grown. Um, Wall Street, you know, we have no idea what's going on with our, our tax dollars, what it's being used as collateral for, for what investments. And, you know, while folks see it as the status quo, we aren't in safer hands um, when our money is strictly being used as a tool of profit for major financial institutions. So um, one advantage of a public bank is we we can see how our money is being used and um, potentially um, give give feedback um, in terms of whether it's being used in alignment with folks' values and and that's important. 
Um, it's actually, I think, less likely for corruption when you have visibility versus uh, Wall Street banks where you have no visibility and they use our public dollars as, as a, a monopolized source of income for their short-term profit incentives. So one thing that people might wonder about is um, if you had a state bank, would there still be other banks? I mean, could you still do banking with your personal bank that you use right now, or do you have to go to the state bank? So there will always be other banks. A state bank is not meant to replace uh, retail banking, which is where you have a checking account or a savings account and you go into your credit union or bank. It's not it's not meant to replace any of that. And in fact, uh, as Madeline mentioned earlier, the Bank of North Dakota doesn't have physical locations. They do partner with credit unions on mortgages and things, but you can't go into a Bank of North Dakota spot and open a checking account with the state. Um, the, the way that people have accounts with the state there is that they have loans or, um, a student loan or a business loan through, uh, the bank that they are paying back. And that's usually done in collaboration with a local credit union. Um, so the local credit union does the facilitation of the loan and you would go in and make your payments and get any customer service support that you need from, the uh, local bank or credit union instead of the state bank directly. Um, so there will always still be credit unions and uh, regular community banks alongside uh, a state bank. And in addition to that, I think it's important for us all to be aware that this would actually make those credit unions and small community banks stronger in a lot of ways. Um, credit unions are regulatorily limited to a certain percentage of their holdings as what they can loan out. And uh, it's arbitrarily low. <laughs> so if they were able to partner with a state bank, they would be able to do things like give out more mortgages because the state would be holding part of the amount of that money due, which would free up some of their uh, assets for them to continue to do other banking. So you would likely see an increase in access to uh, small business dollars, especially, and to mortgages if we had a state bank. So where is the movement for a state bank at legislatively? Is it um, is this something that's been considered by the state legislature? Yes. So last year, we put forward task force legislation HB 3763, and it was actually successful in passing the legislature. Both the House and Senate passed the bill, and it was actually vetoed by Governor Kotek um, instead of being signed into law. We are still quite hopeful that our pathway towards a task force and eventually legislation will be successful, um, and we're currently in negotiations with the governor's office to um, present a new piece of legislation this cycle um, in the short session to, to be moved forward and, and hopefully be passed. Um, our task force model is one that we are recommending. Uh, since we have a part-time legislature, um, the one of the major barriers we've identified to, to getting a state bank has been the 
resources of state legislatures to truly look at the issue. And many have felt like they don't have enough resources in terms of time and staffing to fully investigate a fully baked piece of legislation right out of the bat. So our hope with the task force model would be to assign a group of experts to come up with um, recommended legislation after studying various models and potentials for the state. So our, our legislative pathway looks like a task force process, which then recommends um, state bank legislation, which hopefully will will lead to more buy-in from, from our state representatives and passage in the coming years. That's pretty impressive, though, that it was passed in the House and the Senate. Um, is this, so does this have bipartisan support or was it primarily supported by one party? Now, we are very much a bipartisan group and want bipartisan support, but we do acknowledge it's been a challenge to get um, Republican support so far, even though a core constituency of of what we are hoping to um, represent and improve are our rural communities and our small family farmers. So our hope is that we will become more bipartisan over time once we're able to to connect with those legislatures and and really proof out the the positive um, good that a state bank will provide our our rural and agricultural communities. Historically, we have had uh, Republican support, primarily from the eastern part of Oregon. And um, some of those folks are no longer uh, in the legislature. So that's been a a difficulty that we've uh, been trying to overcome. But uh, we had, I believe we had one or two Republicans who voted for it. And then um, we also had a, a handful of Democrats who voted against it. And we've committed to spending some time in each of their offices to talk about, um, you know, what the reasons are that they feel the way they do about it and, and how we can ameliorate any of those concerns. Well, that's great. So it sounds like this is a winning issue. We certainly think so. Yeah. And, and we're confident in, in, in so far as the public becomes more aware of the issue and we're able to build broader public support, we will eventually be able to make this a mainstream issue and less of a niche one so that we can can truly address some of the major gaps in, in Oregon with this solution. So where can people go if they want to learn about the uh, state bank effort? Uh, do you have a website? Are there resources where people can become engaged? Absolutely. Folks can go to OregonPublicBanking.com. That's OregonPublicBanking.com. And hit join the movement and you'll get updates from our team. Um, there's also quite a few resources on that website um, in, in terms of um some important one-pagers diving deeper into the issue, um, legislative overview, um, and our progress in terms of advocacy. And what does the what does the next year or so look like for um, you know for for this movement for a state bank? Do you think that you'll have this in uh, you know the fall of twenty twenty four? 
So our hope is that something will pass, an amended piece of legislation will pass here in the short session. But as far as what we're doing on the Alliance side, our work here is really expanding and broadening our coalition and doing deeper work within communities so that we can really bring as many folks to the table in this conversation as we move towards a task force. Um, so we are we are certainly committed over the short session. And, and if it if it for some reason it didn't go through on this session in the long session and in, in 25 to bringing forward that that task force legislation and and moving on from there. And if people, if you, if if there is a state bank that gets passed, what would what could Oregonians expect it to look like? I mean, is it going to be uh, something that what 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 will what will change about people's lives if there's a state bank here in Oregon? Yeah, so it's hard to say for sure without having that task force do its work and having the modeling come out of that, that that uh, we're hoping will be recommended. Um, but it's my hope that we will have things like um, access to the state bank for particular industries, um, particularly industries that operate currently largely in cash, um, so that they will be able to create safety for their employees and uh less risk of crime. Um, I am also really hopeful that it will mean more uh, loans and dollars for uh, small businesses. Um, in my day job, I own a small business and uh, we employ eight people. And it would be nice to be able to know that if we needed a resource for something, we would be able to um, go to a state bank and know that our money uh, the, the interest that we're going to pay and the profits that are going to be rendered from that will be aligned with the uh, interests of our families and communities. Um, and in addition to that, I think it's important for us to consider that in a world uh, that is getting warmer every year, uh, a state bank will give us the opportunity to say who we're willing and not willing to do business with as a state, uh, where our retirement dollars are um, being used uh, to um, be saved and expanded. Uh, we'll have more control over things like that in my uh, visioning of this. But like I said, we won't know exactly how that will work out until we've been through the process of the advisory group or task force giving their recommendations and having the opportunity to fully investigate what the opportunities are and uh, put something forward that will work for everyone in the best way. And if this um, if this effort succeeds, would Oregon be the second state with a state bank in the country? Yes, we would. Um, there, there's a successful legislation for um, banking on the municipal level that's passed in California, and there's uh, currently multiple. Um, cities working on establishing forms of state financial institutions in California, but we would be well on our way to becoming the first or the second state bank in the nation um, if if we move forward with the task force and recommended legislation there. Um, to add on a little bit to the to the vision of, of what um, a state bank could provide Oregon, I think a key piece is is allowing smaller communities, rural communities, access to infrastructure improvements that haven't been provided by the private sector. Um, so better water infrastructure is a key need, um, better um, business infrastructure, uh, 
ways for us to expand and reinvest in our own communities without uh, short-term profits as the only as the only uh, decision maker when when we're seeking um, credit from from uh, out of state large financial institutions. Great, thank you. Um, we've been talking today with Kelly McWilliams and Madeline Merritt from the Oregon Public Banking Alliance. Um, Madeline or Kelly, can you just let me know one more time, how can people find out more about uh, the Oregon Public Banking Alliance? Yes, we would love for you to go check us out at OregonPublicBanking.com and hit on that button, join the movement so you can stay in touch. Great. Thanks so much for joining us today on KBU Community Radio. Hi, this is Emma Lugo. I'm the chair of the board of directors here at KBU Community Radio. Thanks so much for listening to Radio Zine today, and I hope that you will consider giving to KBU during our special pledge drive. You can give by going to kboo.fm/give. And thanks for listening to KBU Community Radio.